All right, so let's make it plain. Welcome back to Make It Plain Wayne, where we will entertain, we will heal, and we will build you up. I am Wayne, and this is Elevated Friendship. So today's topic, and this um, this really isn't one that um, a lot of people really want to, you know, go through and talk about, and that's kind of why I want to talk about it right now, um, because we're in a place where we kind of understand and we're listening. Now we value life. Now we're all stuck in the same room. We're all stuck, you know, pretty much in the same situation where, you know, even if you have a job, it depends greatly on the people that are out making decisions and living their life and, and, and having fun and and being able to go to work. So, huh? It's it's just tough. Um, you know, right now, you know, everybody has four grandparents. I only have one left. And, you know, um, you know, sadly, my grandmother is on my mother's side. You know, she's, you know, faced a really hard time this this last year with losing my grandfather. And, you know, with the anniversary of, of his passing, um, you know, this week it just makes it even harder to, you know, want to hold on. So, you know, you, (laughs) you just don't know what's in store for you as you get older and as you age. And, you know, we do the best we can, we eat how we can. And, and I think the most important thing is that we understand that life changes us and we change. You're not that 21 year old kid your whole life. And I remember watching the movie with uh, Justin Timberlake called In Time, and everybody was 26 years old for their whole life because of the little, you know, gadget or arm sleeve that they had on, which I thought was dope. I mean, it was awesome. Like, wow, who wouldn't want to be 26 for the rest of their life? Um, But yeah, this time is a tough time, and we don't want it. We don't really want to prepare for it. You know, you don't think headstones and funeral homes and caskets and crematorium and or if you want to be buried in a tree or whatever it is you want to do. We don't sit and think that because life is so full and wondrous and disastrous that it it takes up your whole mind. You don't have. Um, you know, you don't have time to really think about death because you're so consumed with life. And I I don't think there's anything wrong with that. So, you know, at this time, you know, for me, what I'm doing is, um, I want to take some time to just talk about it and talk through it and, and talk about it because, um, you know, living in this country, you do have the opportunity to look at different cultures. I won't say races because we're all the same race. I mean, I can donate blood and it will help and heal someone that does not look anything like me. That's not a different race. That's just a different person, different culture, different genetic makeup. So if you want to say something, say different gene pool. But, you know, it's, um, yeah, it's funny just looking at different cultures because we have the opportunity to um, mirror 
learn, judge, and uh, I don't know. Even just contemplate on what you've seen. Um, you know, I think it's it's stereotypical that, you know, you'll go to some, you know, funerals and see that everyone has money and they paid well and and took care of things or, you know, you know, they met with their financial planner. <laughs> you know that they saw this coming and, you know, whether it was 20 years ahead or even, you know, I, don't, I hate to say it from birth. They already knew where they were going to be buried. They already knew what, you know, before they retired, where they were going to be buried. You know that. And and this happens black or white. Um, and, you know, in, in my experience, you know, my world, um, I haven't ventured out of that as far as home going services go. I haven't been to, you know, um, a service for my Asian uh, brothers and sisters for my Latin um, and Mexican brothers and sisters or Middle Eastern uh, brothers and sisters. I just know what I've seen has been either white or black. And, um, and that, that, that's kind of what I'm working on uh, for this podcast today. So, you know, one thing that kind of sticks out to me, hold on, take a sip of coffee. <clears throat> one thing that kind of sticks out to me um that I've seen at black funerals. Um, now you, you, you tell me if you've seen this at white funerals, um, whether it's, you know, really pristine and, and really elegant or really, really redneck and really country. You tell me, um, but things can get emotional. Things can get long and you can have a, um, you know, on, on the other side, you can have a, service that rivals or is better than most church services um, just in that, you know, quick meeting in that home going service. And I mean, you'll hear songs and singing that will inspire you and motivate you and push you. And, and my whole question for all of this is what is this for? Like, what is this really for? Now, if the spirit of that person is with us in that room, and they are pleased with what they see. I understand 100% why we're doing this. And if it's to honor the family that's sitting in the front few rows, I understand why we're doing this. But let's just say for one moment that the deceased, the one who has passed on, their spirit is in joy. Their spirit is in other places. So they're not there. And the family that is uh, in attendance, you know, usually, let's just say they've come in, sat down, got their respects, and then they leave. And then the rest of us are all there. It does sometimes feel like that. Like we're in this room watching these people hurt, watching these people go through, you know, one of the hardest moments in their life. And so my question is, why are we doing this? What is it all for? And my quick answer, we want to remember. We want that legacy to lock in, to burn into our skull so that you will never forget what that man, what that woman meant. 
And here's the hardest part. The hardest part is realizing that in that service, in that moment, you didn't know all of that person like you thought you did. Even if you thought, well, I knew that, you know, they made ice cream. I knew that they had worked with the FBI or I knew that they had worked on a NASCAR pit for, you know, people. I knew that they were a fifth degree black belt in karate. You, you know, all these amazing things. She had a cake shop. She had a cake shop in Brooklyn. I knew that she spoke five languages. You might know all that, but you don't know it all. And that's the, you know, that's that's the hardest part is realizing that the piece of time that you've cut out and stamped out in your mind for that person, that's not it. Now, I'm not saying this spitefully to to you know, incriminate anyone or, you know, try to dirty up somebody's past. I'm not saying you find out a whole bunch of bad things. I'm just saying in general, you are looking at the library and all you're looking at is the A's. But what you find when you come to most funerals is these people have a full A through Z reference and people will just come up out of the woodwork and give you B, C, D, E, F, G, all the way through Z in some cases. You have to actually tell them, hey, I'm only giving everybody a few minutes to tell their story. So be brief. What is it all for? If not to remember, if not to hold on to, you know, those most important things, those most important moments. So, yeah, it. It is a it is a very interesting time. It is a very, you know, wondrous time where you're just really just sitting trying to, you know, collect all this information that you've heard. And that that's kind of the funny thing is if you've been to funerals, um, you know, and, and I can kind of keep it on my grandparents here. You just start hearing things about them where you're just like, wow. You were just like me or at my age, look at what you were doing. Look at where you were at, because uh, uh, um, I think it's common now for, you know, women and men to have kids after 30. Like I have several friends where our kids are no more than, you know, you know, four and five years old. And, you know, neither neither one of us have hit 40 yet and our kids aren't even 10, you know, <laughs> so it's like by this time. I mean, I have one grandfather that was coming back from a war, one grandfather that was leading civil rights marches, you know, one grandmother did not know this was a perfect A student straight A student and able to teach English classes. Like, I mean, if, if I would have been in her class, I think I would have been, you know, tip top would have been a much better writer <laughs> had I been in her class. Um, but you know, these grandmas and grandpas, they were more than just who you saw cooking good meals, um, you know, for Sunday dinners and, and for holidays and more than just the, the old guy that has the, the knee problem, or needs help getting up. Like he did a lot of getting up. 
At one time, he might have had a rifle in his hand trying to defend our country or, you know, civil or foreign. And that's what I'm saying here. What is this all for? What is the point? If we're not going to remember and we're not going to tell these stories, it's a waste of time. So, yes, you may have to limit, you know, that time. You may have to, you know, do something a little bit special to hit those bullet points. But. Yeah, it's you know, it is it is a very hard time and you (laughs) you're being asked to put, you know, essentially. A world of data into three minutes or five minutes when you're standing up in front of these people about this person that you care about so much. So, yeah. What is it all for? It's to remember. So, well, hey, you all, I'm going to take a quick break. I'll be right back and uh, we'll talk a little bit more about what happens after the funeral. I'll see you soon. All right. So welcome back. I am back here on the Make It Plain Wayne podcast. And, you know, after the funeral, we're we're kind of left with a completely new future where <laughs> you're in a really awkward place where now you realize you're in the middle of the bridge. <laughs> and, uh, you know, your parents are now the grandparents. And you're looking at them and they're toward the other end. Where in the beginning, you were just this little tadpole, just this lowercase g, you know, not a big G, just a lowercase g, like my man Montel Jordan said. You were just a little G. And you were just starting to walk across that bridge of life to the other side. And you've got your parents leading the way. You've got your grandparents in the middle. But as time passes, you keep walking, keep stepping forward. And they lead the way to what will be um, the next destination to cross that great, vast opening. So. (laughs) What happens? What's the new future? You all met at Big Mama's house. You know, you're watching Soul Food or any of these movies where you understand the impact that, uh, you know, these women and grandpa had. You know, you're not going to wash that old car. You're not going to. You're not going to walk that dog anymore. You're not even going to go to that house anymore because it's sold. You're not going to walk and get ice cream with them anymore. Like life as you know it and what you do, it's it's just going to change. Like so much is going to change. So what do we do now? <laughs> because if grandma was the cook and, you know, mom or dad can't cook very well or haven't been doing this, it suddenly changes now, doesn't it? You know, we all go down to, to Texas or we're all in Houston or Oklahoma or wherever, you know, Big Mama lives. If we all go to Big Mama's house and that's, 
you know, she knew how to cook everything and make everything. Well, we should have been paying attention. And we should have been set up to carry that chain, carry that legacy in a way that, yes, we are hurt. Yes, we are broken. But guess what? Sunday night, we're going to eat. Sunday afternoon, we're going to eat. Guess what? We're still going to go to these football games <laughs> once this coronavirus is over. We're still going to go to football games. We're still going to do our stuff. We're still going to meet at this time of the week, at this time of the month. We're still going to meet. We're still going to be around each other. We just don't have the leader that was in front of us all this time. And that's what's funny. In these families, in a family, you really value and understand age. It's only outside of the uh, uh, <clears throat> outside of the family where age seems to have a denotation of a bad thing. <clears throat> and I mean, I don't know. Look, look at the presidents. I think. I mean, fact check me on this, but I think you have to be 50 or 55 to be a president. And most of the candidates I've seen are of retirement age. And the reason why that's important, and I'm just, I'm just going to say this, you don't want a 21-year-old or, you know, somebody that's out there just full of testosterone making all your, you know, decisions because... I mean, come on now. You need someone that's seasoned, that has a life of understanding and learning, and maybe has a couple of kids that have, you know, even made it through high school or college to, to understand how to weather these storms because, whoa. Mm, that's some good coffee. But what is the family's future? You're not going to make that ice cream that you used to make all summer. You're not going to have that fantabulous, you know, exotic, beautiful, amazing meal anymore on Sundays, on those holidays. You're not going to have that stream of love and family, however you used to have it. And here's here's the thing. Let me just say this. I don't care how ghetto how hood, how trash, how redneck, uh, 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 how poor, how uptight. Um, um, these traditions, even as dumb as some of them are, they may not require anything but time and, and some groceries and a little bit of you know material. They may seem so dumb at the time, but I think, uh, especially in Asian cultures, they understand this very well. And I think in Middle Eastern cultures, they understand this very well. The variation of life and the portfolio of life is shown to you fully when you can look at your whole family and talk to them. So, yeah, you may not have a lot of money. I mean, we're just going to have some hot dogs and, you know, some some fries. That's all we're going to do. Hot dogs and, and chili Cheeto, chili Cheeto fries. 
you know, that's us all we're having. We're just gonna have some ham sandwiches, you know, whatever it is. We're we're just gonna sit back and you know, <laughs> if you're <clears throat> if you're vegan, you you've got some <clears throat> special new you know thing you want to put in the mix. You know, we're just gonna have you know pina coladas and you know roasted tofu. <laughs> I don't know, but. Whatever, uh, you know, those traditions are, you know, you can have some curry rice, whatever it is that you do when you meet around each other. It is the original conference call. These are the original conference calls. These are the original meetings. So (laughs) you do need that. And here's the thing, if you haven't figured out how to get along and be all in the same room, it really speaks to the person that's causing trouble, not the rest of the family. Because everybody should be on board that we want to see each other, that we want to have a good time. Now, the person that's causing trouble and making it a bad interaction for everybody, young or old, they've got to deal with themselves. And they've got to understand that they're the one hurting the family. And I think that 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 shouldn't need to be said, but maybe it should be going to a funeral and seeing one or a few people cause such a scene, you know, at the house or the, the you know, food or I mean, I've seen it all. I've seen a gun pulled out. After the funeral, while we're all eating food, somebody that didn't feel like they were loved enough or didn't get enough attention or or didn't feel like they had enough invite, dude just pulls out a gun. And I have a, a nine right in front of my face. Boy, I mean, you got to get out of there. <laughs> I don't care. I ran. <laughs> I mean, you got to live. I've seen that. And I've also seen families where Everything is perfect. Everything is paid for. Everything is good. And you've got cousins and family and grandsons arguing because somebody just wants to walk out of the house with stuff without asking anybody. So you got to be careful. This is a very sensitive time. And what you you reap, what you sow, what you're sowing into the ground is in that time is essentially what you want out of the family. So while everybody's hurt and everybody's trying to deal, you know, we're, we're really just trying to deal. Be careful what you sow. Well, hey, I'm going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and finish this thing up. I'll see you soon. All right, so welcome back to Make It Plain Wayne. We are talking about what happens after the funeral. So, you know, the funeral, then what? And the the, the hardest part, and I think for for everyone, is the financial piece. You know, it's not always coronavirus. You know, I mean, seeing families scrounge for money and, oh my God, like, I need like, you know, thirteen, twenty thousand dollars just to bury him, just to do all this stuff. And I don't know what you want. I don't know if you want a pristine casket and a, 
you know, headstone and all that. I don't know what you want. You know, be buried. I, I don't know what you want. You know, <laughs> if you want to be a part of a tree, if if you want, you know, like like I just have such an extravagant mind, you know, so it's like, do I want to be shot out in the outer space? Do I want to be liquefied and, and poured over, you know, some exotic landscape? You know what? What do you want? And then is that going to, you know, affect and harm your family? Um, you know, ultimately, when you make that decision. And. In the event of an untimely death, that's the thing, like, just. Just make it work, you know, really just make it work. I know we all want this big thing, but. How, what does that set your family up for? You know, will your children incur a lot of debt? Is it going to financially hit everybody so hard that they come together to mourn your loss and they can't get financially free? You know, what does it do? And then if you do have the opportunity to set everyone up where you, you've worked and lived a life where you're well, can you share with them some tools and some finances and some you know wealth strategies to where, you know, they can one day build some wealth, you know? Because wealth isn't really gained, it's given to you. Um, if you do have a way to, you know, build income and riches, I think that's great. Um, but that's, that's, you know, one of the things that, uh, one of the things that kind of sticks with me when I, I read, you know, read up on Warren Buffett, how, you know, the wealthy are planning for the next three generations um, where the average person is just planning for the weekend. So how is, from a fan, financial standpoint, how is the future going to look for us? You know, do we have enough money to just at least take care of the expenses? Or are we going to go all out and cater food and, you know, the most expensive casket, headstone, service, and then when you're all left alone, <laughs> nobody's going to help you with that debt and with all that, you know, expense. So I really feel like it really should push us into the future. It should push you so hard into the future where not that you lose your mind, but you're so driven now. And, you know, after losing, you know, my first grandfather, the first loss, it was the hardest. Um, you 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 don't really recover from that when you really love them and care about them, especially going to the funeral. As I said, going to the funeral and, and hearing how great and powerful of a person they were before you were even born. So I'm like, wow, he did all of that. Like, I thought he just sat down and had a cigar and watched wrestling. Like, I used to laugh about that and love that about my grandpa. He'd sit down, have a cigar, and watch wrestling. And, you know, we'd, <laughs> we'd go eat and have a sandwich. And, you know, he'd walk me down to, you know, get some ice cream with my sisters. And I just thought he was just a cool, chilled-out dude. But then you go look at his whole life story, and you're like, wow. Like, you did all this? But, yes. <laughs> You've 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 got to take 
what it is that they are and what they've been teaching you. If they cared about you and if they were trying to teach you, you got to take that and move forward and be pushed forward. And right around the time I lost, uh, you know, my grandfather on my dad's side, uh, my wife's uh, grandfather actually wrote me a letter and it was so powerful that almost just brought me to tears. It almost shut me down because the heart of the message, what he was saying is that pain that you feel, that hurt that you feel is good for you. Because this pain and this hurt and this desire to see him and talk to him again means that you loved him and that you cared. So now you'll go forward and love everyone a little bit better and cherish them a little bit better and work a little bit harder towards your goals and your dreams. So in essence, what he's saying is this pain is good because it hit the raw nerve. It hit the right nerve so that now you'll actually live. So, yeah. Please go out and actually live. When this coronavirus lifts, when this coronavirus stuff is over, please go out and live. Please go out and do what you're going to do. Like, I'm I'm not going to point any fingers and name any names, but being on this lockdown and seeing people even in my own neighborhood has made me face a reality that I'm not really interacting with people the way I want to, like the way I really love to interact with people because I've been so hurt by other people in the past. I just decide why not even, you know, why even try? And the, the hard part is I've just learned this about life. If you really desire something, Call it God, call it the universe, call it your savior, whatever you want to give obedience to and and peace and life to. That will be given to you. So let's say I really wanted a nice blue pickup truck. And while trying to go and purchase a new blue pickup truck. Everything goes wrong. I've got bills and all this stuff. Coronavirus comes. I'm a contractor and I don't have any work and all this. And then I just get so hurt and so thrown off track that I completely lose my love and desire for this nice blue pickup truck. Well, then after the dust settles and the smoke clears and everything is finally back and stable and I I have a hatred for blue pickups now. Somebody comes and offers and says, hey, um, I know this is a little odd, a little random, but um, I had somebody give me a pickup truck. So I've got one that I'm not using anymore. Like I was only going to charge, you know, maybe two or three thousand bucks for it because it is a little old. It just needs maintenance. But if you want it, you can have it. That is life. But you can't be so consumed with the pain that you don't see somebody trying to help you. And this is not to hurt you. This is to help you. Like I said, he said they might need a little bit of maintenance. Do the maintenance and be blessed. All right. I love you all. Share these messages. Love, 
like and share these posts with anyone and everyone that you love and that you like. We're all hurting. We're all going through it right now. But the one thing we need to make certain that we do is talk to people more, love people more. Let's watch the news less. The news is doing exactly what they need to do. Are you doing what you need to do? The news is going to report coronavirus. The news is going to report their success. The news is going to report notable events, weather and sports. N-E-W-S. Notable events, weather and sports. They're going to report all that. And for sports, you know, I ain't got nothing. (laughs) All you can do is watch 30 for 30s on ESPN right now. So, yeah, what I'm saying is. Do you please do you. Learn another language like I'm I'm starting to really brush up on my Spanish. And, you know. Learn a little bit more. (laughs) Entiendo todo días. So. Please do you like, love and share these messages. Build with one another. Use this time to go through that boring. I'm annoyed at you phase to really learn and love this person. Each other. Even your neighbor, put on a mask, go out and have a good time. All right. I love you all. I'll see you soon.